0: Good evening. Good evening. Thank you all for being on time. For the other ten people that show up late will, uh, will we will make faces at them as they, I will. You don't have to. So let's begin in our usual manner. I'm going to read Second uh, Peter, chapter one, one through eleven. You notice you don't have your pieces of paper yet to fill out. Uh, you will get them. I'm just. Uh, there's something I want to ask, a question. If I give you a piece of paper, you'll have the definition or you'll have the answer already, and it just doesn't really, uh, doesn't really uh, do you any good. But 2 Peter chapter 1, begin with verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he... I in the front, you pick on me too much. Get up here. You're not, start, not only is she starting her own row, she started, she's putting down something to put her feet up on. Get over here. No, I was going to put my Forget it. <laughs> We see how we put the cord over here? See, Jamie just what came in. I'm not going to plug it this time. <laughs> <laughs> because we ran the cord the other way. I, Pastor Greg ran the cord the other way. All right, where where'd I leave off at? His divine power, verse 3, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us Fastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. In... Uh, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, just uh, to put it all back into perspective, um, we've been talking about first things first. We've been uh, looking at this. We started out uh, discussing the... The reason we're going through this is, you know, talking about end times and talking about the end of end of time, the end of times, the, the uh, uh, what do we do so that we are effective and fruitful? And here it says, if you do these things, you won't be ineffective and unfruitful. So this is perfect. It tells us what we need to concentrate on, what we need to, to focus, be our focus, and that Hence the name First Things First. And we talked about these very things. uh, To supplement our faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. Self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness. Last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about godliness. And tonight we're talking about brotherly affection. Interesting. When you look at verse 7, it says, And to your godliness add to your godliness brotherly affection and then then it says and to your brotherly affection love so wait a second is this redundant is this isn't he saying add to your love love, love add to your brotherly affection love well obviously he's not he, he, what he says here is uh, he's saying something else what I want, where we're going to start, and then I'll hand out the form, the, the, the fill-in-the-blank forms. But the, uh, before I give you the definition, I want you to try to tell me the definition. What is he talking about here? Is When he's talking about, next week, next week we're going to talk about love. This week he's talking about brotherly affection. What do you think he means by brotherly affection? Preferring others of, of ourselves. Very good. Yep. Who? Believers. Very good. Preferring. What, what's another way to say that? Preferring someone else. Preferring brother. Uh, the other brother. What What would another way to be, what, what other word could you use other than prefer? It's a good, it's a very good word, but what's another one? Compassion. Compassion. Okay. Courtesy. Courtesy. That's the direction I want to head. Kindness. Kindness, yes. Just be nice. <laughs> be nice to the brothers. Now, shouldn't that be an automatic? Thanks so. Yeah, exactly. That is where we'll talk about, where we'll spend our day. There, obviously, and we all know humanity, or we have a pretty good idea of how humanity works. Make sure Gary gets one back there. It isn't a guarantee. It isn't obvious that we should be nice to each other. And but he makes a he makes a point that in this life, in this uh, what what we're uh, living and doing here. You have one extra. Dennis needs one up here. And Then as everybody. If, any, if anybody else comes in, they get there should be one. Just go to leave that with Gary. And uh, And then uh, we'll have to print more. Pastor Greg ha- ha- does have the map. Uh, leave, leave that with or oh, you have is that the only, uh, just yours. Mine. So the next person who walks in has to make their own. All right.. You nice All right, so let's look down at the word being used here. The word being used here is Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. Philadelphia. The Greek word is Philadelphia. Now, I, normally I don't put this in there, but when you, when you look it up in the Greek, it tells you what tense or what manner the word is being used. It matters in this case. In, the, in Philadelphia, it's a feminine noun. Not because feminine does not mean... Uh, it doesn't mean girly, exactly. It means, it shows what it's pointing at. Uh, and, and I read way more than I understand. Uh, I'd I have to read it more. And I'm not a Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar in any way, shape, or forth, uh, form. But it is pointing at what the word is talking about. Philadelphia, the way it's used in this in this passage, is a feminine noun, which means it is a noun. It's talking about a person. It's it's not. It's not even—it's uh, not even a verb. It's a noun. It comes from the word "go down," Philadelphos, which is an act—an adjective. It's how you do it. Loving a brother. A broader sense, loving one like a brother. Loving one's countrymen. Loving uh, a Christian, loving Christians. But they don't, he doesn't use the, the Philadelphos. He uses Philadelphia. He's talking about something. He's talking about love. But not just any love. He's not, and it's, it's, it's not even love like we think of love. It's the act of loving. It's the it, it's really, it has more to do with the word be uh, like the person. It's, you know, I, I uh, and then she's not here tonight. Uh, Ricky's daughter had a surgery, and uh, uh, so she's not be able to be here. We've already talked. She has the form. She's going to listen to this as soon as it gets everybody say, hi, Ricky. Hi, hi, Ricky. Ricky. Yep. So, Mary was there yesterday. I think, were you there when, when we were praying, or when, when I stopped into the the hospital and you weren't there. I stopped in and was talking to Ricky while the surgery was going on and there was a bunch of people sitting around and, and I said something about well you know we love you Ricky and I said because we have to well which just true the word says you have to love one and I mean you're we'll talk about love one another it's we have to to walk in love towards a person which means we we prefer them above and beyond. We we always we're, you know, everything that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about preferring them, believing in them, trusting them you know, all those things it's not talking about that it's talking about actually liking them being nice to them, preferring them being kind that was another word exactly, it's, about the, it's the act of doing it not just the heart attitude towards the person but it's supposed to come out in an action we're supposed to not only, you know, I, I, I can say, well, I love Jamie, <laughs> you know, I have to love her, you know, <laughs> but I don't really like her. Okay, now I would, you know, be, because you're in the front row now, and I, and I get to pick. Up. This is why I want to <laughs> <laughs> Just here. God. I love God. Mm. see that. See, it's not agape. That, that's the thing. Agape is loving someone with a godly kind of love. Right. And and love and that means that God God has an affection toward us, He has a, he has a desire for our well-being. He, he he wants to protect us. He loves us. Like we love our children. Philadelphia means I I not only love you, I like you. I I and I and I act I can love somebody and not like them. Yeah, exactly. Paul is saying to uh, the church, or to Peter, I'm sorry, Peter is saying to the church, you know, yes, you're supposed to love each other, because we're going to talk about that next week. We need to love each other. But he even puts it ahead of it, saying, you need to act like you like each other, which which has power. When we do that, there's power. And we'll we'll talk about what that looks like as we go through this. All right. Anytime you're talking about Greek definitions and what they're trying to point, like I said, I read way way more than I understand or care to know. But they're even, you know, what was interesting—they were taking different verses in this this uh, thing I was reading and pointing to the the type of word that's used points to who it's talking about. And it was, you know, and it was talking about the sword of the spirit and the sword of the spirit. The word that's being used and is is not pointing to the sword it's it's pointing to the spirit and when you look at it and that it gives it a different meaning it has different idea here he's pointing to not that you have not that you're supposed to love and we are supposed to love but you're supposed to like each other you're actually he's actually saying if you want to be effective in life then you need to like each other and that's tough that's the hard one okay So it's less about the need to love, that'll come next week, and more about being kind to one another. So let me ask you a couple questions. How do you treat your brother and or sister in Christ? How do you or do you like your brother and or sister in Christ? Years ago, I was at a conference and um, God was just doing some really amazing things. And they were having different people uh, get up and give testimonies at different points. Uh, And and just to even give it more context, it was the the Rodney Howard Brown revival in Lakeland, Florida in 1994. Uh, Greatly touched uh, the body of Christ across America and still has reverberations. Things that just really powerful things happened during that time. And a lot of people were were repenting, dealing with their lives, getting back on track. uh, Just really, really amazing stuff. Well, one of the people who got up that day uh, was a pastor. And he, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sitting way in the back of the room. There were uh, thousands of people there. And they asked, that he, this guy got up to share. He, and he says, I have a testimony. He says, he goes, how, how God has touched me. He says, I loved being a pastor. I love being a pastor. I loved, I loved uh, preaching. I loved teaching. I loved studying the word. I love but I love, I, I have loved being a pastor for these past 20 plus years, but I didn't like people. I didn't like the sheep. I didn't like the church. He said, I just didn't like people. They're annoying. They say bad, you know, they say mean things and they do. I don't like, I, I have I, not. And he says, what this has done in me this last few weeks is I finally have come back to actually liking people. Now, people don't start not liking people. We learn that over time. That, that grows in us because of circumstances and situations and problems and all the stuff that happens. So he's, we're, we're talking about here not, okay, I have to love you because you're my brother in Christ. No, we're talking about actually have to, have, making the choice to like. So, much like the question in Luke chapter 10, who is my neighbor, first thing we need to decide is who's my brother. So go turn to Luke chapter 10. It's right in the notes here. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. And and it says, And behold, a lawyer, it figures, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is in the law? What's written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. And like a lawyer would, though. But he, uh, desiring to justify himself, said, And who is my neighbor? Jesus said, Or Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound his wounds, pouring pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Verse 37, he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. So, who is your neighbor? Obviously, the, the, this is the story of, of the Good Samaritan. <clears throat> and Jesus is saying, Everyone you meet is your neighbor. Everyone in need is your neighbor. Every, you, when you have opportunity to do something, that person is your neighbor. So now, I'm, I'm just turning the tables on this. Who is your brother? Brotherly affection. Show brotherly affection. Who should you show brotherly affection? I have some questions here. Or not questions, just... No, they are questions. Absolutely. They have question marks at the end of them. <laughs> Let me ask you these questions. Did the Good Samaritan know the man in need? Mm-hmm. No. He didn't know him. It just, He was a random person. He was walking along, and this person, uh, he did not know him. Okay, good. Next question. Did the Good Samaritan like the man in need? It doesn't say, but it does say. Jesus, and we've heard this before, you've heard this taught probably before, but he picked the people he picked on purpose. He picked the Pharisee and the Levite because they were the most respected people. Of course, they're going to show love and compassion, especially to a man who's been beaten and robbed. Of course, that should just be obvious that he, they would be. And they weren't. They were the ones that walked around. They're the ones that ignored him. He, he picked Samaritan on purpose because the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. And the, and the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. So in this situation, um, and, and just so, some background, why didn't they like each other? Because when the Jews were taken to Babylon, there were a group of people who didn't get, didn't get caught in the middle of it. Some didn't get caught, and they, they, they were hiding, and they, they didn't get taken off into exile. There was another group of people who were left there on purpose to, to take care of the land. They were left there by the Babylonians. What happened then over the next 70 years <clears throat> is that the people who were left actually intermarried with the, the, uh, the people that they weren't supposed to intermarry with. The, 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 the uh, Canaanites, the, the people that were left over after Israel came in and took over the land, there were still people there in the in, in there who they did not drive out. They were disobedient and didn't drive them out, didn't kill them. They were left. They intermarried with them. So now they're half-breeds. They're half-Jews. They're half-non-Jews. And that, is, that was looked down upon there. Everything about uh, Jews at that time was purity. It was, they were supposed to be a type and shadow of us, Christianity. and in that, we're not supposed to have one foot in the world and one foot on in heaven, in, in the kingdom of God. So these, So then when the Jews came back after being exiled in, for 70 years in Babylon, here are these half-breeds who are saying, "Wait a second. We're not moving out. Why? Why should we have to move out? Why? You know, you're coming back here, but who says you get to live in my house? No. They hated each other. So they, but they kind of got pushed into Samaria, this area of Samaria. So they didn't like when Jesus went to the to the woman at the well who was a Samaritan. Excuse me. That conversation was highly charged. There was it was not just a hey, how are you doing? Can I have a glass of water? The questions she asked, because she knew he was a Jew, and the questions he asked her, she said, okay, okay, let's sort this thing out. You Jews say you're, we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, because that's where, when they came back, that's where the, the temple was rebuilt. But we Samaritans say you, you're supposed to worship on this hill, because that's when they got pushed out. That's where That's the only place they could worship. It was highly charged. They didn't like each other. And then there was a, remember the disciples wanted to call down fire on the Samaritan cities that, that rejected Jesus? I mean, that's, that's the kind of situation we're talking about. Jesus is saying, you know, so, so then I asked the question did the Good Samaritan like the man in need? No, he didn't like him. By, by, uh, by cultural, culturally, he didn't like him. Did the Good Samaritan agree with the man in need? No, they, they were on opposite sides of a spectrum. They didn't they didn't agree uh, spiritually. They didn't uh, go ahead. It really doesn't say what the man in need what his culture was. No, but it's implied that he was Jewish because the the Levite and, uh, and the, uh, the Pharisee, as as a Jew, was actually required to help him. He was, they were required, and that was, yes, it's implied. It's not actually dictated, but it is implied. Yep. yep. All right. Number four. Was it convenient for the Good Samaritan to be kind to the man in need? No. He was on a business trip. He was busy. He, he had other stuff he was supposed to do. It wasn't convenient. Was it cost-free for the Good Samaritan to help the man in need? Yes. What was number three? Number three is, did the good Samaritan agree with the man in need? No, it cost him something. He had to put money out of his own pocket for this person he didn't agree with, didn't like, didn't even know. And lastly, did the good Samaritan receive a thank you or even acknowledgement for his act of kindness? Not that we hear we don 't know we don 't know, but at least you know the only one I could think of that actually acknowledged it was Jesus. I mean, if this is you know theologians believe that his his parables were actual real life stories that 's what gave them the power in the day. And so very possibly this is something that actually happened. And Jesus actually was the only one that we know of that gave an acknowledgement of, hey, man, thank you. What you did was right. What you did was the good thing. But as far as we know, he never personally heard it. So who is your brother? Is there someone? So when we're talking about brother here, it is talking about fellow Christians how we treat a fellow Christian, how we treat somebody else in the body of Christ. Here are some things, and, and we'll talk about them, and then I'll put, I'll put this into real perspective. Is there someone in the church body that you've noticed often and wonder why you're noticing them? Now, I'm not talking about guys going, I notice her, and you know I know exactly why I notice her. No, that's not what we're talking about. But have you ever been in a church and going? You know, there's something about that guy. There's something about that person, and I'm actually kind of drawn to that. I mean, it, I don't know who they are. They're sitting on the other side of the room, you know, and, and I just I feel like I should, you know, uh, you know. And maybe you do pray for them. Maybe you do. But it's like we live in Minnesota. I mean, Brian says this all the time. You know, I live in. I have. If I want to get, I don't know that person, but if I, you know, I feel like I should. I, I'd, I'd have to actually go out and be friendly. I'd actually have to go start a conversation, and I don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't go out of my way to start a... You know, and, and maybe we start to work through it, and we think, well, I, I, what if they don't like me? Or what if, what if they don't want to talk to me? Maybe they don't want to be talked to. I know when I first started going to a church, uh, I didn't really want to be talked to, you know. And we start going through this, you know, uh, gymnastics in our thinking, and we don't, we, we don't stop and make the effort. To reach out to the better person. Next one. Is there someone who is sitting by themselves? Is there someone who is leaving as quickly as they can after the service ended? The, the, the church is full of people like that at any given time. There are, there are people who there's new people. There's new people that come in, there's new people that show up, there's new people that start hanging out, and and Many times, and I've been one of those at different times, you know, there's always different reactions. Some places you go and you're invisible. It feels like you're invisible. Nobody sees you. Nobody talks to you. Nobody stops and gives you the time of day. It's very interesting. Other times it's overwhelming. Too much attention, maybe. Maybe. I remember Abundant Life. The first Sunday we went to Abundant Life, well, 30 years ago, this coming fall. And we walk in the door, and the first person that Deb meets gives her a big hug. <laughs> and and Deb grew up Presbyterian. And Minnesota, southern Minnesota, you know, German family, German community, Presbyterian. You know, in that church, I don't know that anybody ever hugged anybody, ever. You know, I mean, it's just... Why would you? Why would you touch me? I don't. I can't believe you just touched. And I remember walking out to the car. after me. she goes, "Well, good. Okay, we know that's not the one we're going to go to. You know, at least they hugged me, John. They hugged me. I mean, we're married, and she doesn't always like me to hug her. You know. It's, but here's this stranger. There, are, you know, there. We think then that everybody feels that way. That's what my grandkids said when they came here. Really? Why did they? Why were they paying attention? Why were they doing that? <laughs> we're Minnesotans, you know. That that is so out of out of uh, normal. You know, you go to Eastern Europe, and when you walk in the door, everybody wants to kiss you. Everybody wants to kiss you. Everybody's coming over and hugging you and kissing you and. It's, You know, some of them don't have teeth, right, Mary? They don't. They when they when they kiss you, it actually kind of sucks on, and you know, it's kind of a a popping noise. It isn't always easy to walk in brotherly kindness because we have culture that we're dealing with. They had culture. There was culture going on there with people. When, when the when the church took off, when the church, you know, Jesus rose from the dead, the, the disciples started to scatter. It it was it immediately got into a culture struggle because you had the Jewish Christians and then you had the non-Jewish Christians because the door was wide open, and we know that. We, we we know that in the first church, one of the first possibilities of a church split was when the, the, the I can't remember, what, all I have in my head is Syrophoenician, it's not that. The the one group of Christians, their widows weren't being taken. Hellenistic. They, Hellenistic. They, so the Greek Christians didn't believe that their widows were being taken care of as well as the Jewish Christian widows. And so they started, oh you know, hey, and the disciples or the apostles are going, hey guys, settle down here. Get some people to figure that out. We're going to keep teaching and preaching. You figure out how to distribute food. You know, that's, that's where Philip, the evangelist, came from. So, you know, out of that, so there, there was automatically uh, uh, cultural differences where there was friction. When you get people together in the same room, in the same building, in the same organization, whatever, there will be friction between people. It just happens. It's reality. And in that, we have to choose to not only love each other. We're supposed to love each other. We're Obviously, we're commanded to love each other. But we're also expected to like each other and to treat each other with kindness. And not just, you know, lip service kindness. Not just like, hi, how you doing? You know, nice. Okay. Yeah, good. I'll, are we done talking? Yet? Okay. Good. <laughs> now I'll go talk to people I want to talk to. No, we're supposed to be kind to each other from the heart. So who is that? It many times is the person that you least likely want to be kind to. It's it's most likely the person you least. Are you pointing to me? Yeah, he's judging your. He's judging me. Is that? I, I love you, anyway, Tell him that luck with you guys. Maybe I need to put you together have to fight this. I don't thing. like seeing the front. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell on myself a couple of times here. <laughs> Years ago, and I won't give names, we were at a different church and there was a person. There was, a, there was a, a, a person in the church. There was a woman in the church. And this woman was one of those people that every time you met them, every time you saw them, They needed something. They needed, they needed something. And I'm not just saying they needed something, because people need things, and that's what we're here for, was to to help people. And, And, but she needed, I mean, I could see her walk through the door, and I could feel life being sucked out of my body. You know, and I just... And I would catch myself, when I would see her, I would go, okay, and I'd start moving in this. There's got to be somebody over here to minister to. Somebody cool, you know? There's got to be somebody fun to minister to over here. But that person's over there, and it's just like, oh, no, here she comes. And, then, and I'd, be, I'd, go, I'd be turning away, and she'd go, Pastor John! Pastor John, I've got a question for you. Go! <laughs> yes, how you doing? And then she'd just suck life out of me. <laughs> Ever. It's just like it would never end and so that went on for a long time long time too long and i would i would see her and i would hide i would i mean i just i didn't like her i know i'm supposed to love her and that lord i do love her i mean she's your child she's made in your image but let somebody else like her i don't like her i just don't like this person well then time went on and, and we were going on a, on a mission trip it was the first mission trip overseas and everybody was signing up, and everybody was excited. And I'm really excited about all these people going on this mission trip. And all of a sudden, I see her name on the list, and I'm like, "You have got to be kidding me! Two weeks on a mission trip with her? No, Lord, please not her. No, come on, no. There's got to be some way to, to disqualify her. There is. There's got to be some way for her not <coughs> to be allowed. Now." None of you have ever felt this way about anybody in the church, right? Just wanted to make sure that nobody's ever... Everybody's... I see, yes, I have. I felt that way. No, 2 I'm not moving because I'm not acknowledging anything. But... So I see this person's name. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. No, there's got to be a way to stop this. And I talked to the people who were leading the church, you know, leading the meeting. And I said, are you sure? And they're like, well, you know, what are we going to say? No. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're the leader. Take care of it. You know, <laughs> deal with it. Okay. That's what leaders do. Okay. I'm just here to help. I'm like, no, 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 no. She came to all the meetings and she sucks. Me every day and, and just I'm, like, I'm thinking this is going to be the worst trip in the I'm not, you know I've never been to Europe and I'm my first time she's going to be a part of it you've got to be kidding me. so they we go on the trip and it happens the way it happens we're on the trip and it's I don't know if it was, it was a crazy crazy trip the first my second day in Europe I get electrocuted I get shocked 220 volts I still have the scars on both hands. Power went through my chest, knocked me to the ground. Stuff happened. It was you know, I would actually go to the hospital, which was a stupid thing to do. And you know, I mean just a lot of different things happened, but people were people were kind. And guess who was one of the most kind? And over the days I, I got to the point where I was like I, I recognized one time, well, I I don't it's not it doesn't bother me when she walks in the room anymore. And then, the longer the trip went on, it it she didn't really annoy me. She you know, it was like she was the same person. She actually never changed from always having questions and always wanting something. And she never did change that. But what happened was God changed me. God changed my heart, and over that two week period, the way I saw her changed, which then caused me to realize I need to treat her different because I you know I, I'd been I had been the one who was being a jerk I was the guy with with the wrong attitude I was the guy that was screwed up here and one of the and I and I would have to go through my records now but I still have video of Poland we were in Poland and this kind of caps the whole story We're in Poland and we're at this hotel on on the Baltic Sea and they said hey you've got a free night so Okay, so we have a free night. What are we going to do? And everybody says, well, let's go for a walk on the beach, on the Baltic Sea beach. And so we go down to the Baltic Sea, and we walk down. We find this little fish place. Well, she's with on this. image. she sat at my table. We talked. You know I mean? I was actually, I liked her. It was amazing. It was a change that God made in my heart. I, you know, I hung out, and she was probably, what, 20 years older than me or maybe 25 years older, you know, uh, a divorced lady, just the sweetest lady. Um, but we, we talked you and know, laughing, and everybody else was there. We're talking, laughing, and we're we're walking back down the beach. And way off in the distance, we hear I'm thinking, wow, what's going on? It must be you know we're in Poland, okay? And there's polka music. Oh, this is gonna be this is good, this is good. Huh? <laughs> It's yeah, it's amazing. So we we follow the music, you know, through down the beach and then down the streets, and and there's this huge city square, and there are hundreds. Of people dancing the polka and there's a polka band up on a stage and the place is just it's bedlam it's just it's the one of the coolest moments in life when these you know here we are and we're in Poland and there's polka music and there's people dancing everywhere and uh, we're standing there and all of a sudden I'm I'm standing here and everybody's kind of milling around and then she's standing over there I'll say her name because you won't even know Barb. Uh, Barb was standing over there and and I look over and I look over at Barb and she's going you can tell she's into it. You know. And I look at her and I go, Barb, dance with me. And I, reach, I grab her and we start poking. And, she, uh, and we have a video. This person was holding the video watching the, the band. And all of a sudden you see Barb and I polka across. And the whole time she's going, woo, woo. And she has this big smile on her face. One of my favorite moments of all time. But what happened was God changed my heart from not liking her. Not not having brotherly kindness towards her, he changed my heart. She didn't change. She's still goofy and she's still Barb, but she. I changed. I had to change because that was wrong. My, the way I was viewing her was wrong. Now, the other story, I and, and I just I have to share it because it is a perfect example of this. But. Um. I wouldn't normally, except, you know, I, uh, normally Ricky would be sitting here. So, Ricky, you know, hold on to your bun. Uh, normally she'd be sitting here to defend herself, but she's not here. But I have to tell you the story anyway. When I came here uh, 17 years ago, almost 18 years ago, um, was right in the middle of the church was going through turmoil, pretty bad turmoil. And uh, she had was, you know, very unhappy with thing, the way things were. And I came in and filled the spot of someone else who was, you know, who was here and it didn't, it wasn't good. It was a very hard time in all of our lives. But Ricky didn't like me. See, now I'm telling her, but she, she, we were just talking about it yesterday with everybody sitting around. You know, she didn't like me. She, and it wasn't that she didn't like me. She just didn't like everything that was going on. And I just happened to represent everything that was going on. And at first, it was the ten, There was a lot of tension. It was hard because you know I was now all of a sudden over the area that she was working in, and and, and she didn't like that there was a change and all that. And and the, but the reality is, over time, I'm still the person I was back then. She's still the person she was. But what happened was God has 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 healed both of our lives, healed us in our hearts. He's He's dealt with us in our attitudes and we're amazingly close as as Christians. And it was because we had to make a choice to be kind one to another. So here we're, where we've been talking so far about all these other things, these, these things that are really powerful, faith and, and, uh, uh faith and knowledge and the power of God and, and uh, uh, all these you know, self-control, self-control and steadfastness and all these things, and all of a sudden you come to brotherly affection. Peter understood, and, by, and he was speaking by the Holy Spirit, he understood that what you're going to go through in your life, what we're going to go through in life as Christians, we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't withstand the pressures. We can't. We can't fight all the fights by ourselves. The the he understood by the Holy Spirit that if you want to be effective, and if you want to be uh be uh, you know to make it through, you're going to need each other. <coughs> the hardest part for us as human beings, but the most beautiful part is usually the person that you have the most trouble with. Is the one you need the most. That's hard. Be- because that's the person who caused you to grow the most. That's the person that causes you to change the most and to love and to forgive and love the most. And in that, that isn't fun. That's not the, the spiritual. Exercise the spiritual lesson that we want to learn. We want to learn the power one, you know. We want to learn the, you know, the 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 miracle one. We wanna we want to be a part of all these other super spiritual, super cool uh, spiritual truths. But this brotherly kindness one is tough because brotherly kindness doesn't have a qualifier. You know, uh, add to your add to your godliness, uh, brotherly kindness. Um. except, you know, in the case of Jamie, you know, because you don't, I mean, we all know Jamie, you know, we all understand, uh, we all understand Dennis. We we all understand, uh you know, I'll get there. No, I'll get there. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> Just, you know, I couldn't catch up on the names. Mary, you know, it, 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 it. we don't get to pick and choose. He puts us together, and we're supposed to walk in love towards each other. And not, not only love each other because, well, okay, of course I love you and because you're my brother. No, we're supposed to like each other. We're supposed to, to make that choice. And if there's something between us, we're supposed to work it out. Because problems don't ever start with murder. They end in murder. Where they start are the little things, and then they grow. And then they grow, and then they grow. Offenses don't start at, I'm going to kill you. Offenses start as, well, you looked at me wrong. Well, who cares? Who cares that maybe you were in a bad mood and you, and you reacted in a way that I didn't like? Who cares? Who cares? It. It. We, we, we have to walk not only in love, but we have to walk in kindness to one another. And we're going to get to a verse here in, in, in another passage that says, Whereas as as much as it's up to you, it isn't about, well, he isn't being nice to me. It's never about that. It is never, ever, ever that I'll be nice to him when he's nice to me. No, no. It has to be whatever is up to you. As often as it's up to you, walk in love, walk in kindness to one another. Be at peace with one another. You have to choose. I don't know... Exactly how that all worked out with Barb, with Ricky. I don't know the day where it switched over. I don't know I don't know exactly the the, the, uh, It'd be great to have a mechanics of just push this button and and then your life will work out great We don't know when that happens But it has to be in steps in choices where you have the opportunity to change your heart and change your mind All right, so Now that you see someone who you can reach out to, how do we show brotherly affection? Hebrews chapter 12. What is it that we're supposed to do? Hebrews 12, beginning with verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us... Uh, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. I, I, I started with that because, you know, Hebrews thirteen one it says 13.13, 13, sorry about that. It's actually thirteen one. It says, let brotherly, uh, let brotherly love continue. You can't just start with that. You, it, this, the book of Hebrews is one long letter. It's not just... It wasn't sectioned up. And now we're into a totally different thought. It, it is the same thought. Uh, Paul is talking to the Hebrews saying that, and he's saying, be grateful that our kingdom cannot be shaken. It's powerful. It's mighty. It's massive. It's huge. It's gargantuan. It is powerful. And we need to offer worship to God with reverence and awe because he's a consuming fire. And now for something completely different, be kind to one another. No, 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 no. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thought. Paul is saying to the Hebrews, he says, part of this awesome worship, this awesome reverence, this, this the, you know loving a God who is a consuming fire, part of that is loving, is, is having brotherly love for one another. And that brotherly love isn't the, I love you because you know I have to love you. It's the, I like you. It's the same word, it's the same expression, it's the same idea that we be nice to each other. We be kind to one another. And he says, then he goes on and from verse 2, two through verse 7, he gives us specific ways to be kind. Verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. When we when we meet somebody, going back to people who come to church, or you know, in a in a service, or in a, in a Bible study you're in, or or somewhere where you recognize that they're Christians, when when you recognize a brother, it, show hospitality towards them because you don't know who they are. You have no idea who they are. I, I still don't know uh, the the uh, first time that I went out of the country, first time I went on a mission trip was actually to Jamaica. I went down, uh, I'm sorry, the second time. It was the second trip. It was the first one I'd ever gone on by myself, just myself and one other guy. And we went down and we were scouting out for a bigger trip that was coming. And we, we were in Jamaica. We were gonna to go to the interior of Jamaica. We had arrangements to go and we went into it where there was an orphanage up in the mountains. But we stayed down in Montego Bay. And the first day that we were there, I walked down to the to the cafeteria, and I was going to have breakfast, and they had, you know breakfast was provided, so I grabbed my plate, and I was looking for a table. Now, I don't know anybody there. I don't know anybody, and I, I don't even, you know, I'm just, a, a, I was only, I'd only been a Christian for maybe, or really living for God for about four years. I didn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't super spiritual. I wasn't anything, so i just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, and I'm timid, and I, and I, you know, which may sound weird, but, you, you know, I'm, I'm different than I was 30 years ago. <laughs> And I was looking for a place to sit down, and all of a sudden, this guy, very nicely dressed, uh, we're at a, a CF&I. We're at the CF&I, uh base uh, on, in Montego Bay, beautiful place, overlooking Montego Bay, absolutely amazing, gorgeous. And this, I was walking, this really nicely dressed older gentleman looked, and he said, Hey, hey, he says, you're new here, aren't you? And I said, Yeah. And he said, Come and sit with me. Come and have breakfast with me. And we went and sat down. And he just started talking, asked me where I was from and who I was and why I was there. And, 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 uh, and he, I, don't even, I never even asked him his name. I, don't, I mean, I have no idea who this guy was. But now, the more I think about it later on, he, you know, CF and I would have ministers come in from all over the world, missionaries and teach their, because their, uh, they had DTSs going on in this base. I mean, this guy is probably famous. I don't know who he was. I still don't know who he was. But he didn't treat me any different than whoever his best friend was. I mean, he was telling me stories, some of my favorite missionary stories. I can't even tell them. This guy was hilarious. He was, oh, I'll turn the tape off later. and I'll tell you a couple of them. They're they're hilarious. And And we were laughing and talking and just the nicest guy in the world. And he didn't know me for anybody. I was nobody to him. But he showed me brotherly kindness as Ed, he reached out to somebody who he didn't know. It wasn't easy for him. It, you know, it wasn't convenient. It didn't. He didn't get anything out of that relationship, as far as I know. Other than the only one I ever noticed was God, and he helped me that day. So show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels. Well, he didn't entertain angels that day, as far as I can tell. But, <laughs> verse 3, remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since they also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and, and be content with what you have. For he has said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he, we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of, of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now, I don't know how many times you've ever read that passage right there. But I've read it a bunch. I mean, I've read it a ton. I've read it over and over as many times as I've read You know the the New Testament over again. I mean, I I can't give you even give you a number I'm gonna be real honest here to me every time I've read this up until now. It's been a jumble of commandments seemingly it just seems like random thoughts that he's throwing out It just seems like, well, do this and then remember to be nice to this person and remember to visit these people and remember to... And it just sounds like this random uh, list of commandments that you kind of go, okay, that's great, I get it, and move on. But when you look at it in the context of what he's saying with um, continue, therefore, uh, verse 13, let brotherly love continue and then two through seven is actually a list of how to exhibit, how to show brotherly kindness. Go back and, and underline these. Show hospitality to strangers. It, by showing hospitality to a, to a non-believer, it, you are showing brotherly kindness. Doesn't matter whether you know him. Doesn't matter how well you know him. Doesn't matter what you're going to get out of, the, out of this relationship. When you, when you show hospitality, what is hospitality? It doesn't mean you have to open your home to him. I mean, like I say, this guy just said, hey, come over and have breakfast with me. We spent maybe 30 minutes together. But it it meant something to me. And and here we are 30 years later, I'm still telling the story. Because it means something. Something happened that day, and it was meaningful. But all he did was show hospitality. Then it says, remember those who are in prison. Well, obviously, that, you know, uh, yeah, that's brotherly kindness, because here there are brothers behind bars. There are brothers and sisters who are behind bars and, you know, yeah, okay, they made a mistake. Or they didn't. I, I don't know. They, they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. They, I don't, doesn't matter. They're in prison. They're suffering. But that doesn't mean they're, they're any less brothers. That doesn't mean they're any less. And by visiting them and, no, and, uh, nah. I, I was going to say, how many of you ever been, done prison ministry? How many of you have ever gone in? It's, it, the first time I did it was hard. It wasn't easy. I didn't want to do it. You know, what do you say to these guys? What do you? How do you relate to them? How do you? You know, <laughs> yeah. My, you know, I have to mow the lawn tomorrow. It really sucks. You know, it's really hard. But you know, hello, they're behind bars. You know, but when we got behind bars, they're just. Or when we got into the into the well, federal prison, it was the first place I ever went and and visit and worked with uh, Bob Lifton. It was amazing. They're just people. Yeah, they, they, they did wrong. They did what, and they're having to pay their, their, the price. But while they're in there, they're, they're still people. And just anyone to show them kindness, anyone to show them love, it can make their whole life. It could help them turn what could be a horrible year, not just a horrible day, could turn it around. Showing kindness and also talk about being mistreated in that in that time people were being persecuted and for you know you had every reason not to associate with that person because maybe you're still under the radar, but the moment you associate with them, you know that's that, doing this uh, showing uh, uh, use the exact words because I was going to make it not make it sound the way it was supposed to sound but so, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are in the body. The, our friends in Hungary, or in uh, Romania, many of, ta- many of the times we've gone there, the, especially the, the, the brothers in in Eve, it's never been there so that we can teach them some great revelation. It isn't. It's not to go there so that you know, we, can, we can help them be better believers. You know, yeah, that's, that's what the Word does. But it really has to do that these guys are suffering every single day. They live in squalor, they live in in abject poverty, they're they're suffering. They're suffering being attacked by other Christians. They've been kicked out of their own, you know, the the church they helped build. And they've been kicked out of it. And so just showing up there and saying, we care, we love you. It means the world to them. That's brotherly kindness. You know, is that a good reason to go on a mission trip? Yeah, that is actually a very good reason to go on a mission trip. Well, I have nothing to offer. Yes, you do. You have the love of Christ. The fact that you're willing to take time off of your work, your life, your, your busyness, and go just say, we love you. We care about you. That, that just makes their world. They, they actually go, wait a second. I can do this. I'm a part of something bigger. You know, I've had so many people say, you know, why don't you just send them the money? <laughs> it isn't about the money. It's about it's about having you know having that touch. It's about getting kissed by the suction lips of the people with no teeth. It's it's about you know shared relationship. It's about brotherly kindness. Let marriage be held in high honor. It's almost like we now okay. We just took a left hand turn. We we're talking about showing hospitality to strangers. That's one way to show brotherly affection. You know, I get the whole going to prisons and, and visiting people there, people who are being mistreated. But all of a sudden, wait a second. Let marriage be held in honor? How does that fit with brotherly affection? How does, that, how does that fit with being kind to one another? Well, you have a spouse. And your spouse is probably a believer. And we're not always the most kind to the one that's the closest to us. And so we're supposed to be. And there's really two sides of this. One is we're supposed to be kind to our spouse. Now, I have been that person who's not kind because life, because of history, because of selfishness, because of the one I should be the most kind to is the person I spend the most time with. That's who I should be the most kind to. But then there's the other side of it. He said to to highly esteem or or to honor marriage not only your own marriage but honor other people's marriages which means to show kindness towards other people's spouses which means don't talk bad about them to them oh I see the way he treats you I see the way she doesn't treat you I you know I'm on your side you know well it doesn't matter who side, because I should be highly esteem that marriage and should be building them both up instead of trying to tear them apart. You know, the, the, he talks about keep the marriage bed holy. The, the furthest thing possible would be where someone is trying to split up a marriage by putting a wedge in and trying to drive the two apart. You know, he's talking about real stuff here. He's talking about real life problems. That that, but but that isn't just because I you know I may not be trying to split you two up to you know so that I can so that I can go out with Kathy. No, the, the, honoring that marriage, honoring that marriage means I, I I show brotherly kindness to both of you. Doesn't matter what my opinion is. But we're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to help each other, and that is as much as that is as much important as visiting somebody who's in prison. Why? Because they need that marriage to work. For them to be able to be as the most effective, we all need to build that marriage up. And we all need to build that marriage up. And we all need to build that marriage up. And so on and so forth. We need to build each other up so that, that way, you know, the attacks that come are not, effect, you know, is not as effective as they would be if they're separated. Okay? Keep your life free from money, from the love of money. What the heck? Another left turn. What does that have to do with with showing brotherly affection? Uh, Like he says, uh, let brotherly love continue. What does keeping yourself from the love of money mean? Well, love of money can take many different aspects. It isn't just, I want more, I want more, I want more. But it's also, money is the most important thing in my life. And so I'm, I'm, the decisions I'm going to make are to be about how can I make more money and, and, and I'm going to neglect brotherly kindness to somebody else. Or, or you know, how many people know, even within the body, somebody who needs help in any given situation. If you love money, if, lo- if, if the love of money is what drives you, you, won't, you will make choices based on... The money aspect, rather than just doing it because God said to love each other, to be kind to one another, whether it be time, whether it be effort, whether it be your own possessions, whatever it is, but you will make choices based upon that love of money. There's a reason Jesus said it's the, the root of all evil. It's it it is the reason people are can be extremely cruel. It's the reason that people end up killing, stealing, and destroying. The roots of all kinds of evil. Exactly. Be content with what you have. And, the, and my favorite out of all of these: remember your leaders. <laughs> <laughs> remember your leaders, folks. Just let's just see. La. Let's just let's just stop here and think about this for a moment. <laughs> one way, one way you can show great brotherly kindness is to remember your leaders. James. You remember a lot of things. We'll move right along now, yes. But he throws it in there, doesn't he? That's also in there. Why? Because leaders, and I'm not I'm not whining, it's just the truth, leaders take a lot of flag Leaders take a lot of pressure. They just do, we do, because that's the nature of the game. There's a reason why... You know, when somebody's a leader, there's a re- they're under attack just like everybody else, but many times it's from multiple directions because take down the leader, take down everybody. So, not just pastors, what about other leaders? What about other leaders? What about bosses? What about, you know, anyone who is, is in authority over you? Hallelujah. Pray for him. Amen. All right. So, next part, love our brothers and sisters is held on the same level as our love for God. John 1 John 4 says, "By this we know that we abide in him and he in us." By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence on for the day of judgment. And here this, this correlates with 2 Peter 1 in that it's it's talking about how to get to the end, the day of judgment. How do we get to the end with, with, with confidence? Well, one of the ways is to walk in love. And the one of the words that he's using here is the brotherly kindness, the Philadelphia. Because as he is also, also, are we in this world? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, and all of that is setting this up, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. That's the kicker in this. Yes, we know we're supposed to love God. But if we love God and I treat Barb the way I was treating her, then what the heck am I talking about? I'm not, I'm not walking in love with my sister. If I'm, if I'm not walking in love with the person who, who can do the least for me, Jesus says, you know, do it unto the least of these, and you've done it unto me. So this person in, in the grand scope of eternity, you know, seemingly, you know, the grand scope of eternity can't do anything for me. You know, all she does is suck the life out of me. How I treat her is actually how I treat God. That's he says, it, it equates how I treat the least of these, how I treat the person who is seemingly the least of the least in this place. The person I don't want to associate with Going back to the Good Samaritan, the person that I don't agree with. How I treat the person I don't agree with is how I actually treat God. How how I treat the person I disagree with, that I don't even that I don't like. Because if how we treat them is how we are treating God. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, turn to uh, Romans chapter 12 another, there's a whole list of other ways. I did not even come close. There's actually, I found a, a, a website that said there was 70 different passages in the Word, Old Testament and New Testament, that talk about how to walk in brotherly kindness. I didn't know that, but it's amazing. You can actually research. I don't have the link down here, but this is from another one. Verses, uh, chapters, whole whole passages of Scripture that are dedicated how to be nice to one another. It's that important. It's it's more than how to give. It's more than than how to to work miracles. It's more than how to even win the lost. Being nice to each other, loving each other, walking in in brotherly affection is if the, the passages are overwhelmingly romans twelve nine let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with a brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing love uh, Promise keepers, way back. Some of you guys may have been there. I think it was uh, Tony Evans. I think it's just that name just pops into my head for whatever reason. Some guy was talking about loving your wife, and he says, "What does that mean?" He goes, "You know, guys, I know it's tough for you to talk about. How do you love your wife?" He goes, "Make it a game. Make it." Game. He says, I, "I can totally talk in, in guys' terms. Look, make it a game." Try to be nicer to her than she could ever be nicer to you. You, you be the first one to get up and clean the, you know, clean the kitchen. You be the first one to to make the bed. You make you be the first one, just doing acts of kindness to your spouse. And he goes, watch what happens in your life. Outdo one another. So look for ways to be kind. Look for the person that can't do anything for you. Look for the person who, who it seems like the least likely person for you to sit down and talk with. Least likely person for you to grab a cup of coffee after service with. The, you know, we have our friends. We have our group of friends that we love to hang out with. But what about the person that you never, have never once talked to, ever once, here in the church? Who is that person? This week, I encourage you to go find him. Grab Hey, did you get a cup of coffee? Let me grab you one. And then stand and talk. Five minutes. Reach out, outdo one another, showing in showing honor. Verse 11: Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the need of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Here we come back to that one. 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. You know, he's not talking about somebody from outside the body of Christ. He's talking about brothers. You know, you will be persecuted by people who are Christians. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. It will happen. Somebody will say something. I, the number of times, I've been a pastor for 25 years, and I've been working in ministry even longer than that. The number of times people came and said, oh, I'm so ticked at them because they said this about me. Yeah, did they say it? Yeah, they said it. They probably said it. They probably even meant it mean. According to the word, who cares? Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who who say evil against you. That's hard. That that here's where the rubber meets the road, folks. This is this is the stuff that you don't, they don't deserve in the natural scheme of things. They don't deserve your kindness. They don't deserve you over uh, trying to outdo them in brotherly love and honor. They don't deserve it. Absolutely they do not deserve it in by anybody's score sheet except God's. And he through the word of God has said you pick the person who's hurt you the most and love them. Reach out to them. Be kind to them. That's hard. Man, I'm, I'm not standing up here saying, hey, I got it all figured out. Re, you know, get my book. You know, That is what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this is the expectation. It's the expectation on me. It's the expectation on all of us. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise. You know you could be the other way too? Do you know that you can think that somebody, you know, you look at yourself with low regard and won't, won't associate with somebody who you think is a higher social standard or social status? It, it, pride works both directions. It does. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, here's that verse we were talking about earlier. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You are not responsible for how the other person acts. You're not. You know, uh, John is not responsible for how I treat him. It's not... You can't control me. I If I'm a jerk, if I want to be a jerk, I'll be a jerk. But... It's not his responsibility to make me like him. It's his responsibility. And the only reason I'm using you as the example is because I'm calling myself a jerk. His responsibility is to be kind to me, no matter what. His, to show brotherly affection. It doesn't matter what anybody's ever done to you and you know, you. well, and I've had that, I've had people say that to me many times. Well, I keep trying to be nice, and I, you know, and they keep treating me like dirt. I'm not a doormat. I, I've had people say God doesn't expect me to be a doormat, and I used to answer, "No, He doesn't." You know, you just leave that. I'm that was wrong. He does expect us to be doormats. He does. Jesus was a doormat. He laid down his life for us. And laying down your life isn't just dying. It may be. But being kind to someone for the 50 billionth time that they treated you like crap, that's hard. But but that is what our expectation is. As, As far as it is for you to be able to do this, for me to be able to do this, we have to walk in love with each other. And we're still in the context of brothers and sisters in the Lord here. He's not even talking about outside. I mean, he is. We're supposed to do that with people outside the church, too. But that somehow goes, yeah, I should do that because I want them to be saved. I don't want them to go to hell. You know, that person's already a Christian. They ought to know better. They shouldn't treat me like that. They should know better. They read the same Bible I do. Yeah, they do. But we're all, we all have the propensity to be jerks. I have the propensity to be a jerk, don't I? I have that ability, don't I? <laughs> I'm, I, can, I can be pretty good at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was either between, you know, I could ask that of anybody, here, but it was either you or my wife that was going to be directed towards, but I know what Debbie's going to say. So, moving right along. <laughs> So if possible, so far as as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh gosh. But leave it up to leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. Did you know that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord? Is in the context of believers? Isn't that interesting? How many of you knew that before? I didn't. I'll just be honest, I didn't. I had never, I'd never put that in the same, that he was talking about in context with believers. Hmm, interesting. Verse 20, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's all in the context of believers. It, it's the other side, too. I mean, yeah, we do... With unbelievers, we're supposed to be kind and generally. Yeah. But with believers, we you know, we draw a line sometimes and say, wait a second. We're all in this together. They should be nicer to me. Well, what if they're not? I mean, I I have... Believers, I have Christian people in my bigger world life who don't like me. Okay. It's up to me then to decide how I, how I treat them. It's up to me how I repay them, how I act towards them. It's my responsibility. It's not their responsibility. Their responsibility is for what they're doing. It's my responsibility on how I act. So there's the list of it. You probably filled it all already, but I'll just, in case you missed any. Outdo one another in showing honor. Second one, do not be soft, slothful in zeal. Be excited about being a believer. Be excited about it. Don't, don't get, I mean, it is, it's hard. And it's a choice because it's hard. Christianity is hard. It is hard. It's just because it's counter everything that our flesh and our mind and our soul and our everything but our spirit wants to do. So it is hard to be nice. It is hard to walk in love. But in the middle of that, don't. You, one of the things that will happen is you'll start to just forget it. I'm too tired. I, I, don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the energy to care anymore. Well, don't do that. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. That's how we show brotherly kindness. We rejoice in hope. We we, we be patient even in the midst of the tribulation when we constantly are praying. And we pray for those people. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. This may be believers. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony. all those things. if you've done that, if you've ever you know had a friend who's just, you know gone through a, the most horrible thing in their life, and you actually sit down and they're, they, they're, they're mourning the situation, and it brings you to tears. That person will never forget that the rest of their life, because in their worst moment, somebody else cared. Somebody else cared to, to show their emotions, to, 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 to weep with them when they're weeping. It's huge. Absolutely huge. But it's also very vulnerable. It's a scary place to be. It's a, this whole thing is extremely scary because I'm once again putting my heart and my, my, my very uh, uh, soul, and soul is not the right word, you know, my, I'm putting my heart on the doormat. And they can do whatever they're going to do to it. They may accept it. They may cherish it. They may step on it. But it's not for them to decide. It's for you to decide. And he said, show brotherly kindness. And this is how we do it. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil. And this is talking about could be talking about believers. It is talking about believers. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves, but overcome evil with good. And it's not in your notes, but it could be and it should be probably, but it's not. How often? How many times? (laughs) how many times am i supposed to forgive how many how many times am i supposed to walk in love how many times am i supposed to put my heart on the doormat how many times do i have to put up with this person jesus said 70 times 7 now the greek is actually 7 70 70 times 7 70 to the seventh power is what he was. What the actual phrase is: seventy to the seventh power. Seventy with seven zeros behind it. And he meant the way the context in the Greek was every day. Seventy times seven, not just seventy times seven. I, you know, I finally have reached the end because in my life, this person has just reached seventy times seven plus one. No, he meant seventy times seven to the seventh power every single day. That's how many times. We're supposed to walk in love. Forgive. Be kind. Tough stuff, man. This is, you know, these aren't getting easier. You know, this looks like just this wonderful, you know, walk in brotherly kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Walking in brother brotherly kindness takes work. And it hurts. And it's not fair. It's not fair. You will always come out short, except in eternity. And except in God's scales, that's the cool thing: is you do the right thing, you will be rewarded in this life and in the one to come. But it's not going to; it may not come through that person. It may not be from that situation, and in most times, it won't be. You know, it just it won't be. But as far as is up to you do the right thing and he sees it he gets it he, under, he, knows the, he knows what the score is and he will reward kindness, brotherly kindness and love thoughts anybody want to confess anything <laughs> have you ever thought about presenting this to the US Congress <laughs> You know, <laughs> wouldn't think about how far we have fallen from the Garden of When you look at the world and where we're at, you know, Congress, school systems, jobs, I mean, neighborhoods, all that, how far we have fallen from God's perfection. It's just, it, it, it gives you an idea, it helps you to understand how evil sin is. Is that this, just even the, just selfishness. Every, everything, everything, every murder, every divorce, every you know, every hateful moment ever has always been because of selfishness. I want my way. You know, my brothers. I have, I have three brothers, and when when I got married, they each gave me a piece of advice. And the one, the only one I can say publicly is. Uh, <laughs> Was well, from my brother Vern. I'll give him the credit. It was my brother Vern says, John, every fight you guys will ever have in your life will be because of selfishness. Every fight, every argument, every disagreement will be because of selfishness. You, you think you you want it your way, and she thinks she wants it her way. My next brother said, every, you know, whenever you do fight, fight naked. <laughs> because the making up is so much more fun and quicker. <laughs> I can't tell you the last one. From there. <laughs> all right. Any other thoughts? Yeah. I mean, look where we... All it would take is people getting saved. If everybody would just get saved, this world would be a better place. Amen. You can't legislate it, you know. You, you know. That's the beginning. This because we're saved. I don't mean there is... No. no. <laughs> How long have we have been Christians here? You know, uh, People who have been Christians 30 years. Twenty years, ten years—I mean, years and years and years—and we're still dealing with this. I deal with it all the time. All and and I'm, you know, as far as it's up to me, I being kind, being, you know, and and, okay, being kind to somebody who we we automatically get there. Being kind to somebody who's doing us wrong—that's you know—that's where we—that's the kind of the one the biggie. But just reaching out to somebody we don't know—that is so hard. It's so hard to, to see somebody. Now, I, I do want to end with a, a really cool uh, testimony um, that's right, that fits right into here. Perfect segue. Uh, a number of weeks ago, um, I got done with the service, and I walked back to my office, and uh, I was putting my microphone away, and, and all of a sudden, one of the ushers come back to my office and goes, Hey, Johnny, he there's, there's a guy out in the, in the foyer who says he knows you. I'm thinking that kind of leaves it open. I have you know, what does that mean? And he says, "Oh yeah, he he, he does this, you know." And I, oh, I think I know who that is. So I came out of my office. And it's a guy that I haven't seen for quite some time, uh, a couple of years. And he says his car broke down out here in, on uh, 36, right out here. And he was waiting for the the, te- the tow truck to come. And he looked at the <laughs> church sign. He went, "I bet this is John the Church John Pastors." So he decided to walk over here to stay warm. It was one of those cold Sundays. So he walked over, and so when I came out of the foyer, he was standing there with a cup of coffee. Somebody had taken him over and got him a cup of coffee. So then I'm standing there and talking to him. Hey, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. What you've been up to? Blah 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 blah. And then somebody would walk up, and I would just I would talk real quick to them. But as I'm talking to this person, somebody would come up to him and say, "Hi, I'm so and so. Glad you're here. I, you know, are you visiting your first time? You know, did you get a cup of coffee? Did you, you know?" And while I was standing, I would get distracted for a few moments. That happened like three or four times. And so then I turned back to him and he goes, it looks like you're really busy. I'm not trying to take up your time. He says, my, my, you know, the, my ride's supposed to be here any minute. He says, I'm going to get another cup of coffee and then I'm going to head out. And I said, hey, great to see you. I hope we'll see you soon. Let's get in touch soon. And I walked away and I started talking to somebody. And as I'm talking to them, all of a sudden he walks up behind me. And I could feel, I could tell somebody was there. So I turned and I saw him, and I, and I, but I was having this conversation. So when I got done here, I turned back. And he goes, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to bother you. you know, but he said, I did want to tell you. He says, I have been approached by more people in the last 20 minutes than anyone in my own church has ever reached out to us. He goes, I can't believe how friendly of a church this is. And he goes, this is really cool. And then he left. I haven't seen him since. But you know, <laughs> so that that in a bucket of quarter still gets you a bag of chips. <laughs> but I just thought that's cool. That's 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 people making the decision to reach out to somebody they don't know, and that's not easy for us. You know, some people some people just do it automatically, but not everybody. And the people that were doing it were not the automatics. You know, there's a couple, but it was just people being seeing somebody and reaching out with a brotherly kindness, and it means something. Now, there's studies that say, you know, people will never tell you they want to be greeted. You know, they actually act like, you know, they're, they're the first ones out the door. That's why I, I wrote that down. Is Some people, I cannot get to my office and get back out to the foyer fast enough to catch them on the way out. I mean, it's just like a streak. Vroom. But, if, but if people would reach out, if we would show brotherly kindness in those situations, it would be amazing what happens. It's amazing.